Welcome to Asian Book Club, where we highlight Asian and Asian American authors. We are your hosts, Jimmy and Sabangin. And I'm Stephen Park. And we are continuing with The Boy with the Bookstore by Sarah Echevarra Smith. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed is that we've kind of come to the conclusion that Max is white. Yes. What we see in the book is that there is a collision of cultures in some ways. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily highlighted in this book, but we see it through different parts. Yes. One of the parts that I saw the most was when Max ended up eating the baked goods, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But it just is that difference between cultures of when you're offered something versus when you're offered something as an Asian person. Yes. Like, how did you grow up? Like, when someone offered you something, what was your etiquette around it? When someone offered something, so for example, if someone offered a baked good and there wasn't a lot, Uh I would say no. Right. I always go with the two no rules. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to say no twice. Mm -hmm. And then when they offer it a third time, that's when you can say yes. I don't know if it was something I had learned or if it's something that I just picked up through context, but it's always saying no. For sure. It's also when a person in a group dinner offers to pay, everyone is supposed to say no. No, it's the opposite. Everyone says yes. Everyone wants to pay. Mm, I think it's different in Filipinx or Filipino culture. Oh. So someone offers to pay, everyone says no, 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 you don't have oh, to. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. And the person keeps saying, I'll do it, I'll do it. And if they say, I'll do it, after everyone has chimed in twice, very Mm -hmm. similarly, then people will give up and say, okay, I'll get it next time. Mm -hmm. What I meant by saying yes was everyone's trying to pay for the dinner or the lunch or whatever it is. Yes. So it's kind of the same thing of, yeah, when someone's trying to pay, you're saying no to them paying but you're saying, yes, I'm willing to pay. Right, 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 right. And then there's that fight that goes on. I forgot where I heard this, but there's also that sneaky fight that goes on where it starts off with the table conversation, Mm -hmm. and then the next time you meet that same group, someone's already given the waiter a credit card, and then Mm -hmm. the next time, someone's already given the waiter a credit card when they were reserving a table, and the next time, it just like keeps getting more right. and more elaborate. Yes. I've definitely done that before, that mm-hmm. I would sneak away and give the credit card mm-hmm. before anyone else can pay. Mm-hmm. And then everyone gets mad, or fake mad, or yes. some version of mad. Right. I do remember when I was a kid, though, me and my brother and a couple of our friends were at our friend's house, mm-hmm. and the parent at that place had offered everyone food. And then no one really wanted to take it. Everyone was kind of running around. But it was puchinga, which is like Korean pancakes. Mm. And I said yes. And I don't think I was really thinking. I just, if you offer me food, my answer will likely be yes. (laughs) And then I'll say no until you ask me three times. And then I'll say yes again. But she asked everyone if they wanted food. I was the only one to say yes. So she made this food. But by the time she was done, we were running around and playing. And so she was like, hey, come eat. But I didn't want to eat because... I was playing with everyone, so I was, you know, having fun. Mm -hmm. And then she got really mad at me because I wasn't eating the food that she had prepared for me. Because you said yes. I know, but these are all kind of the Asian etiquettes of how you behave in different households. I know this is more based in the store, but in my opinion, I think that's one of the reasons why it's nice to have a book club like ours where it's focused around Asian people and cultures is... 
these are things that we can all relate to and experience together. It's kind of that unspoken etiquette and bond that we have with each other. Mm -hmm. So when we see someone who, like Max, goes and does these things, we're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And it's an immediate response rather than, I think, from a different reader's viewpoint, you may completely ignore that situation and not Mm -hmm. get the underlying context. Mm -hmm. I think for someone who's not a part of our culture and they read this, it doesn't seem as egregious when Max goes and eats all the baked goods because Joelle's dad had said that he could do it. But that's just like a gentle invitation. It's not an actual, hey, come eat all of this. Right. Which I think if it was just Joelle's dad, he wouldn't care. I think that was a genuine, like, hey, come eat all of this. Mm -hmm. Because usually when you're offering it up, it's truly you're offering it up. Right. But it's a part of the culture to be like, hey, are you still okay with me eating this? Or are you still fine with me taking this? Exactly. Or there's nakakahiya, which is in Tagalog meaning that there's shame. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, you will accept that invitation, but you're only going to take one or a smaller piece of one. Mm -hmm. And from what I've learned from you is in Philippines culture, you never take the last one. Right. Everyone is like, no, you get it, you get it, you get it. Mm-hmm. So there's like one lumpia left. Right. Out of everything. There's one lumpia, there's one drumstick, there's a single bite of fried rice left. Or it could be a macaron, a snickerdoodle. Right. Which will take us right into our recommendation for the week. So, our recommendation for the week is Bites by Bianca. Bianca Fernandez creates cute and easy recipes. Like for this autumn season, she's made duck macaroons, pumpkin snickerdoodles, and bear-shaped pancake cereal. You can learn more about her work and find her recipes, which are pretty easy to follow, through her food blog at bitesbybianca.com. And you can also follow along and see the product of these recipes on Instagram at bitesbybianca. Yeah, and it's perfect time to get all of these recipes ready for Thanksgiving and the holidays, so make sure to check her out. And that's our recommendation for the week. Okay, so we're on our second read of The Boy with the Bookstore by Sarah Echevarra Smith. Mm -hmm. Our first read, we read chapters 1 through 6, and this time we've read chapters 7 through 12. There are no chapter titles. No. And I think... For the first time in a while, there are no red flags or... uh, No content warnings. Yeah, no red flags or content warnings. For sure. But to recap, last week we learned a little bit about Joelle and Max and their characters. Right. Joelle is more of like a shy person while Max is supposed to be the hot baddie. Yeah, the baddie. Yeah. But we don't know about that. Yeah, the guy who moans at a croissant in public. (laughs) And we also learned that although they had this attraction to each other, all of a sudden things fizzled out because of the renovation to Joelle's bakery and Max's bookshop. Right. And so we enter this first scene of chapter seven with an impending disaster, I guess, Mm -hmm. because of everything that Max and Joelle were worried about. Mm -hmm. And we end up starting out with Joelle's precious pumpkin getting into something that maybe he shouldn't have yes but also pumpkin is a staple in the bakery right and they're in a shared space right and because they're in a shared space they should know that there are boundaries between each other sure 
but also they should know that there are hazards. Right. So Pumpkin ends up escaping the cage and is found in Max's rare book collections. And this chapter, we found out that Pumpkin decided to nom at some of the rare book collections. Yes, as hamsters do. Yep. Which also makes me think, why is the rare book collection in reach of Pumpkin? Pumpkin was found at the bottom shelves. Well, why is the rare book collection in reach of anything? Water, mildew, like, if it's really that expensive, you should be keeping it pretty safe. Which we do get to, because Joelle asked that same question, and Max says that it's because of the move. Right, which is not a good excuse. Right, why would you take it out? Like, who is coming into the store all of a sudden trying to be wooed by this rare book collection? Right, and besides that, anyone who truly wants to see a rare book collection wants to see it in mint condition. And by having it out in the open, it's no longer mint condition. Right. With the fact that we know that these books were ruined, the thing that bothered me more was with this continuation of whininess Mm -hmm. and just Max's behavior to all of this. It takes us right back to when he was whiny and complaining when they were having to move out. Right, exactly. And all of this first section Mm -hmm. is pretty much his whining and complaining. Right. What I do appreciate is Whitney, Joel's best friend, making the comment on page 81. You know, I am so sick of books written by wanky, dead white guys a million years ago still being thought of as sacred, when in reality they're boring as hell to read. Pumpkin did everyone a favor, and to that I say amen. Right. I thought the same thing, and she followed that up by saying, the world does not need more copies of dead white dudes' books. Yes. And so this is in response to Max complaining about his books being ruined. Yes. I don't think he had a right to be angry when he was not supposed to have it out. Right. But this isn't the only thing that we end up seeing in terms of Max's personalities. Yeah. Or negative traits in my opinion. Right, 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 right. So another one that we end up seeing is when Max ends up drying his gross, sweaty run shirt in the oven. We see Joelle come back to the kitchen and she's starting her day off by prepping. Mm -hmm. And then she smells something burning and finds out that Max's shirt is in there. Right. I don't know if this is just a difference in culture or if it's just him but i've also heard of other people drying their clothes in the oven i feel like Mm. but none of them were asian or i don't think even bipoc i think they were all white yeah it's such a weird thing to do also this oven isn't a home oven it's a it's meant for business and for feeding others it's an industrial oven right so don't put your sweaty, wet shirt. He talked about how he was clean, that he had showered that morning. Right. But then he said he just came back from a run. So you're no longer clean it if still you showered has, and ran. Yeah, it still has your bodily... Odors? <laughs> I was going to say bodily like skin and microbes and sweat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And once again, the act of putting the shirt in the oven was bad. Mm -hmm. The response to when Joelle mentions that she's angry about this is worse because he then rolls his eyes at Joelle. Right. So it's beyond just the acts of what Max is carrying out. Mm -hmm. It's the way that he's behaving that I think is the worst for me. Right. And on top of him going out for a run, the reason why he puts it in the oven is he said that there's rain. Right. And Joelle's like, we live in Portland. It rains all the time. Right. Right, right, right. So, 
to Joel, zero Max. Right. So then to continue the bashing of Max, this is the part where we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. where Joel has been prepping food all day for not only her bakery, but for Whitney's convention that she's promised to host. Mm -hmm. And she does this elaborate amount of pastries and saves just enough for her customers and maybe a little bit more. Right. Um, I should say return customers, the ones that she knows comes in and the ones that she will recognize. The usuals. Right. But by the time Joel comes back into the store, we see Max eating all of the rest of her food. And this is where he says that your dad told me that I could eat all this. I left you enough cash. I don't know why you're complaining. And once again, not just the act of doing it. Yes, her dad said you could eat it. Yes, you are more than justified for paying for it Mm -hmm. and eating it. You could have asked. But then the worst part is you are once again whiny and complaining and saying i don't understand why you're mad like why are you acting this way it's so awful right and like other than the fact that joelle's dad is the one who gave the invitation one her dad is not the owner Mm -hmm. so even though by association he is family that doesn't mean that it's his to give Mm -hmm. but it's a gesture Mm -hmm. understood However, on top of that, the fact that he has the audacity to go into the pastry cabinet, even though he's not a worker, I don't know. I feel like that's that's so bold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I just going behind a counter somewhere where you don't work. I would not do. Exactly. It wouldn't be my first instinct. Exactly. But clearly, it's his. <sighs> And then later on in the story, we also see Max reacting to some of the conflict that goes on with Joelle. He ends up turning away a customer, which ends up being for what he thinks is a good thing. And the reason I say that is I kind of want to go into the discussion of what we think of Max later. But I just don't think Max handled any of this relationship between Joelle and him very well. No. I don't know i just kept reading this and thinking are we supposed to like this guy because we know that he's supposed to be i guess the sidekick to joelle's protagonist right but nothing that he's done so far has really made me like him no except there was this one whiplash of gentleness in the midst of this where a student came into the bookstore and was trying to take the joy luck club but instead of getting mad at the kid Max tries to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. and kindly gives him the book and says, if you ever need a book in the future, just tell me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he offers that kid more opportunities to come in in the future just in case he does need other books. Exactly. So there's that hint of kindness that makes Joelle feel very confused in the midst of all of this. I guess so. But between the arguments of the situation with Pumpkin and with that incident with Max eating all the pastries, Mm -hmm. we see this bond between Max and Joelle starting to break a little bit. Yes. And Joelle decides to start to take matters into her own hand. Yes. So as Joelle is frustrated with the turning away of business and all that stuff, she decides to pay Max back by going through his book club. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she ends up recruiting Whitney to help, and they end up changing the book of the book club mm-hmm. from... East of Eden. Right. To a romantic novel. 
a polyamorous romantic novel. Right. Something that this book club wasn't expecting, something that was very different from what Max would normally recommend. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being a hit. Yes, everyone is happy at the progressiveness and the open-minded relationship. Everyone except Max, because this isn't going the way that he had hoped it would go. Right, exactly. But, I mean, Joelle's having a good time because yes. she's watching from afar and enjoying the confusion that she sees from Max's face. Mm-hmm, exactly. However, I'm wondering... Because Whitney and Joelle access Max's book club email list mm-hmm. and mails out new books to everyone, is this illegal? I mean, probably a little bit, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I guess. After this, we start to see a mending of the relationship a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. So, Max realizes that Joelle is giggling on her side of the shared space. He then goes up and confronts her, and she turns around and confronts him about what he's done Mm -hmm. in turning away a potential customer. And it turns out that he was trying to ward off this creepy dude when she didn't even realize it. Right. So that was his reasoning for sending that guy up the street to the deli. Mm -hmm. But this is the start of that mending of Max and Joelle's relationship a little bit. And this is where we start to see them going back to their lovey-doveyness, I guess. Yeah. So within a conversation, Max finds out that Joelle's been crushing on him all along. Mm -hmm. Joelle finds out that Max has been crushing on her all along. Yep. And so Max finally decides to build up the bad boy courage and (laughs) ask her out on a date. So barring aside a trip to the ER with Auntie Elba because she was trying to clean in places and ends up falling off a step stool. Mm -hmm. She ends up being completely fine, luckily. And so with Max finally asking her out and with the very strong encouragement from the rest of her family, Mm -hmm. Joelle finally decides to go out on a date with him. Yes. Which is fine, but I hate Max's work ethic. He is always gone from the store. Right. He takes off his shirt, puts it in the oven, and leaves. Right. He is always stepping out of the store. Mm -hmm. And now he's making Joelle play hooky. (laughs) I don't know. He's pretty low. I got a whole spiel on Max, but okay. (laughs) Well, I do want to say that the focus here is having Joelle take a day off. It's less about Max taking a day off because who knows what his his work schedule Mm -hmm. looks like. But... Joel has been working daily for a year and a half. I just feel like Stacked is one of those places that always has that sign up. Like, the hours are, I don't know, Max probably works noon to four or something. Mm. But it's like 11 to five. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm here on a Wednesday. And it says Monday through Friday, 11 to five. But then there's a sign that says we're closed for the day. Right. What happened? Right. Fair, fair, fair. Just seems like one of those places. That's, I totally get it. But... Max ends up taking Joel out on a date. Yes, and they start off by meeting Muffin and Donut mm-hmm. very quickly so that they can take Muffin on a walk. Muffin is a dog, Donut is a cat. Right, right, right. So they meet at his house, which once again, I'll get to Max. <laughs> but then they end up going for a walk, and then where do they go for a walk? They go to Cathedral City Park. And as a side note, did you know that Cathedral Park and Cathedral City Park are two different places? I didn't. I thought they were one. I thought they were just saying the formal name of it. 
So that's what I thought at first, but when I did some digging, Cathedral City Park is what we think of when we say Cathedral Park. Cathedral uh, Park is an entire section of North Portland. Mm, but that place is somewhat memorable to us. Yes. Because it's the place that I proposed to Jemay. Yes. Yeah. That's a whole story. Maybe I'll tell it on a future podcast of what that whole event was like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they go to Cathedral Park. They admittedly enjoy each other's company, I guess. Yeah, and they get vulnerable. Joelle talks about her family. And Joelle doesn't ask about his family, but does say that she's there for him. Right. And Max is very supportive of her in this instant. When Joelle is talking about how she feels guilty that she's not there for the family, which is one of the reasons why she believes that Auntie Elba ends up falling because she was, because Auntie Elba was doing the chore that Joelle usually, usually does. does. Max does say, and this is a quote, to me it seems like you do a lot for your family, which is very true. Mm-hmm. But this is the end of chapter 12. Yes. This is where we leave off. We are seemingly in a spot where this romance is now going to bloom. Mm-hmm. It seems less like a rose growing from the ground and more like a lotus growing from the murk and swamps. (laughs) Like, it's, I don't know, this relationship doesn't sound good to me. It doesn't. Okay, time to vent about Max. Go for it. So, we've talked about the things that I don't like about Max. I also think there's a very thin veil between creepy and interesting and alluring so let me tell you some of the things that Max has done that I think draddles that fence Line. yeah, of what creepy and dark and brooding kind of look like. Okay. Okay. So one is that he kicks out that guy and sends him to the deli, right? The guy that was staring at Joel from yes. the bookstore. Right. Need I remind you that he also admitted to staring at Joelle from afar when she was getting hit on by the construction guy. Mm. So he was inside the bookstore and staring at her. He's also admitted to staring at her from the coffee shop multiple times as she was making his drink. He constantly talks about how he was looking at her. So if he's handsome and someone that you like, very cute, very sexy. If he's someone that you don't like, very creepy. Right. He also always intervenes and steps in in front of her. So like when she's getting confronted by other customers, he admits to being the person to step up and be the person that helps her and make sure that she's safe and not in trouble. Yeah nice and heroic but also this plays into the heroicism that a lot of patriarchal books and society has taught us of the man being the one to step in and he definitely seems like the person that believes in that Mm -hmm. next he's ordered an ube latte just to spend more time with her so he Mm. talked about how he only likes black coffee but he ended up ordering ube lattes just to talk to her right once again very sweet but on the other side very creepy i in that particular instance i was like you could have just spent time talking to her you didn't have to have a reason by ordering an ube latte when you didn't want that i think that's what creates the creepiness is it forces her to spend time to talk to him for sure so if he just talked to her i don't know once again fine line do you (laughs) like him it's not creepy it's sweet if you don't like him very creepy (laughs) he shows up shirtless so when we talked about the part with the oven right we talk about him coming back from a chore or something because he left the building to go do something and he comes back and he's shirtless right 
he's also staring at her breasts as she doesn't have a shirt on. Oh, no. So, fine line, creepy, or in Joelle's case, she likes it a little bit, right? She liked uh, to see him with the lights on. I guess. But I think that's very weird that he is outside doing some kind of chore when essentially most businesses require that you have a shirt on. Mm -hmm. And regardless if you're a hottie with a body. But I think that's the difference, right? You see him with his shirt off and he has an eight pack or whatever. And it's like, okay, like this guy looks good. (laughs) You see someone with a dad bod and like, I don't know. I don't want to be mean to anyone but let's just say you see someone that's less physically attractive based on cultural norms right and we don't think of that as attractive right like so mm-hmm. or very acceptable right the worst of all the crimes the part that i think could easily be skipped is where was their first date the home house Yes. For real. It wasn't Cathedral Park. So imagine being the person in the car. He ends up taking her to the hospital. She goes through this trauma. Right. Then he's like, hey, let's go out on that first date. And drives her to his house. Right. He doesn't say anything. He's not like, hey, do you want to come to my place so that you can meet my pets? Also creepy. But, I mean, how do serial killers start? (laughs) This is a possibility. I'm just saying, there's a very thin veil between creepy and very sweet and romantic. And I think Max, on multiple occasions, crosses that line. Because I'm not a big fan of Max and his moody, broody uh, skull and something tattoos on his back, (sighs) I don't see this as something that is very attractive no i think that for most readers he does have the attractiveness going for him so he has that Mm -hmm. excuse Mm -hmm. but even without going through every single one he does have very creepy vibes Mm -hmm. and i want to caveat that by saying i'm a cynic i'm naturally a cynic i also and not someone that's massively attracted to men or anything. So I'm going to approach this from my view of being a cynic. So I don't care what his eight-pack looks like or if he can make his boobs dance or whatever it is. (laughs) I just think that that should be acknowledged, that being shirtless, taking someone to your house on your first date, doing all the things that he did is not necessarily great from a lot of different perspectives. Well, I agree with that. And I am a person, I am a woman who is attracted to men, and I still think that these are not great moves. Mm -hmm. But I think, besides my complaint, which was a little bit more within the story, there was one complaint that you had recognized. Exactly. We talked about this before in a previous episode, how... When we encounter words from a different language other than English Mm -hmm. and how we read it. And we appreciate when those words are integrated into the entire story. However, something that kind of makes me feel a little sad is that in this story, in The Boy with the Bookstore, words that are not English and are either Tagalog or Ilocano are italicized. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel a little sad because these are just words. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to have a specific emphasis to them. Mm -hmm. I do think with the goal of trying to reach a broader audience, it makes sense. I think it makes it easier for people that 
don't speak one of the languages of the Philippines to be able to identify that word and say, okay, this isn't something that is going to be in my Merriam-Webster dictionary. So I think in certain ways it gives words to maybe highlight to look up if you have that mindset. But I do see what you mean by it's the separation of the cultures rather than just this is the book that you're reading. Right. And I mean, Ube is such an integrated True. part of the U.S. zeitgeist at this point. I don't think it needs to be italicized. And like we said before, we have Google. Mm-hmm. If it's not in Merriam-Webster, you type it into Google and Google will find it for you. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be the ones educating. Mm-hmm. Fair. But besides my many complaints, I am enjoying this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not enjoying Max. No. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the story. This is my first romantic novel, so I don't know what to expect, really. Mm-hmm. But do you have any predictions for our next read or for the book? For our next read, I think we're going to see some sexy time. Oh, no. Because if this is the spark, I think there has to be fire somewhere. Oh, no. <laughs> I probably agree with that. The good news is the author does a very good job of writing out the sexy times. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll see that. I feel like, and I am going to be very upset by this, I feel like Max is going to end up helping Joelle out by finding that financial manager that ended up duping their family Mm. or eventually sending her to culinary school, which was her original dream that she had to forfeit because of the Mm. financial manager. In my mind, Max is going to play the Disney character heroic come in to save the day role, which I get can be a romantic viewpoint in a lot of ways for some people. But if it happens, I think I'm going to be upset. (laughs) Another thing that I'm hoping and expecting for the next read is that we get to finally see max's reason for being this moody oh yeah at least that's what i hope because i don't know if i can go for another section without knowing this you don't like the tall dark and handsome but he's not even broody he's just mean i don't know he gives off a lot of edward cullen vibes i that's exactly what i was thinking yeah i pretty sure he's just as pale (laughs) um but if you have any thoughts on max if you have any predictions if you have any other viewpoints of what you think of max how can people share that with us you can share that with us by emailing us at asianbookclubpod at gmail.com or you can join the conversation on instagram at asianbookclubpod and for those of you who are reading along that's chapters 13 through 18 right sorry we're reading chapters 13 through 18 our next read you can also find us at our website at asianbookclubpod.com, which has our bookstore, where you can find the books that we've read in the past, books that we recommend, or this book that we're currently reading. Yes, and a great way to support us, whether you're a first-time listener or if you've been listening from the very beginning, is to rate, review, and subscribe. Otherwise, make sure to be happy, be healthy, and read a book. Ingat! Bye! Bye.